0: Thursday, January 4th. Guess what? It is the first Thursday of the new year. I'm going to say it every day. It's just cheesy enough now. Today, we're going to talk about GM's gold medal, Fisker ditching direct-to-consumer, and Costco's accountability. Mm, you get good at tongue twisters. I,
1: I mean, that's a legit title, and it is a tongue twister. I'm proud of you. It is. Yesterday, you ran that like hot fire right into the drop, and then today- you I went rap god on it last- <laughs> as yesterday. It yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
0: good. Oh, so man. Good. Well, it's snowing in Syracuse. No. Red alert. I didn't know. I mean, you know, we talk about this all the time. If you live in Syracuse, you don't even check the weather. You
1: don't. You, don't check you wake it. up. Yeah, go, but apparently it's going to get dicey up in your parts. Is
0: it? See, I didn't even know that. Because yeah. when it was snowing, I didn't even be like, is it going to keep snowing? It's like, <laughs> I don't even care.
1: I got on the no, road. I got like a notification this morning. <laughs> it was like a weather.com story. Is like all of the Northeast is going to get obliterated. I mean, obliterated,
0: weather.com right? is definitely... Um, I I'm trying to think of how to say this a polite way. Um, I'm not gonna the they they have a knack for sensationalizing things.
1: Yes, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> like that's yeah, the, well, you know why every not? time Everybody I click on a weather.com
0: notification, a Weather Channel notification, I'm always disappointed. <laughs> I'm He's always like, like eh, oh. I was
1: hoping that you were right.
0: Oh well, it was a puddle that he was standing in. That the whole street isn't flooded. I get it. I get it. <laughs> well, um, look, we're coming in hard. We're releasing a new auto collabs episode. If you didn't know, we have uh, several podcasts. This one, but we also have um, other ones. Auto collabs is where myself, Kyle, Michael, Cirillo get a little deeper, a little more under the surface with our guests, a little bit more long form. And um, today it's with. Oh, this was such a good one. Alan Brown. Who would you work for is the title of the episode. Uh, Alan is the GM of Sam Pax Five Star Chevy and one of the most um, driven and, I don't know, inspirational. What else can you say? Like, he's the kind of guy that when he oh, comes look. into a room, you just yeah. feel better about
1: your life. I think every, like, s- section that he spoke, I was like this is an inspirational speech that I need to write down, oh right? Gosh. Like it was like,
0: let's go. Absolutely. We're going to have yeah. him at a Soducon, and uh, hopefully you'll get to to check him out live. But you can go to uh, any podcast platform, search auto collabs, C-O-L-L-A-B-S. Right. If you're on Apple, you can yep. just search a and all of our podcasts will show up. Um, so you can join us there. Good morning. Oh, Lee, I got first comment today props okay. oh we got she's like new year shot at the title this year yeah, tony also good morning tony, tony lucas. good morning also, sir. it's early for you you're rocking it i guess not that early it's 9 20 so here in the east coast yeah he probably i wonder what time tony lucas wakes up like the real question is what time do his biceps wake up i bet they get up before he gets up they <laughs> actually wake
1: up they wake, they wake up wake first up time, yeah. <laughs> when
0: he wakes up comes to he's actually on the curl bench right? so biceps good. are like nice of you to join us um you. Oh, Adrian! Oh, uh, Nathan! Our producer, oh, just said That's Instagram. Right. Adrian was first on Instagram, so now we're gonna have segmented titles, but we'll take that. I love it that there are people on Instagram watching now. It's so funny. It was my. It was really. I mean, I guess Facebook was my first social platform, but I. I do you remember your first Instagram post when you finally were like, "Fine, I'll get it." <sighs> I have no clue. I remember mine. Everyone's i was going to go
1: scroll and find it. And it's going to be a, so too long. Dumb. Yeah, it's going it to be, be <laughs> so dumb.
0: <laughs> I, I was sitting outside uh, my building with my other business back in the day, outside working outside cause it was a nice morning. And I took a picture of like me working like first person me and you could see the table and my notebook and the moon was still out.
1: Yeah. And, and, and you hashtag no yo filtered that joke. Yeah. Did you? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> I don't
0: know. But there was a day kids when you couldn't even post a video on Instagram actually Whoa, for quite I a know, while, right? Photos only now. Yeah. That's why, that's why I did this thing and they evolved. So yeah, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> I think okay. we should talk about some automotive news at some point Let's in today. Let's do it. Let's get all right, it. so uh, it was really fun. Like yesterday, all of the, the sales numbers started to drop from all the manufacturers, and apparently GM will be keeping its top spot in the U.S. Uh, for 2023, marking the industry's best performance since the pandemic, selling 2.6 million vehicles, which marks a 14.1% increase year over year. Uh, and they... Slightly edged out Toyota for the number one spot. Uh, so GM saw a 14% increase in their sales. Uh, Toyota still 6.6%, nothing that nothing to sniff at. Uh, the US auto industry sold 15.5 million units last year total. Shout out to Jonathan Smoke and Cox Automotive, who uh, just do a really great job at predicting these things. Uh, yeah, EVs right. made up 17% of sales, which is, uh, I, think, yeah. I think that probably includes hybrids. Yeah, that's um, pretty that's that's strong. So Toyota's EV sales, including hybrids, uh, jumped 30 percent, though, to represent almost a third of their overall sales volume. So
1: yeah, because 90 of, of their cars, have I a feel bad like, are becoming. Uh, you know what I saw this morning? And this is not exactly Toyota, but Lexus is has just announced their first plug-in hybrid. Right. So, like, they're coming with it. Who, who did the hybrid game? Who announced that? Lexus.
0: Oh, okay. That's no surprise. Lex, Lexus yeah. in the, the like, last Q4 jumped like 80%. I don't have the yeah. full list here, but it was crazy. Uh, Jason Bracken, he's just chiming in on the live stream. How much fleet, right? So I guess the, the Chevy GM question, right? How much of that was fleet sales? We don't know, but obviously fleet coming back um, has a big deal. Toyota really doesn't have a, a big fleet. Penetration, I don't think, yeah. not not Nine anything times. like GM. Yeah. Um, so many other brands though saw record numbers across the board, uh, including Tesla, whose vehicle, who increased deliveries by thirty eight percent. Now the Tesla number is global thirty eight percent year over year to one point eight one million, uh, while their production capability grew thirty five percent to one point eight five. They made almost half a million uh, half a million cars in Q four. So. Talk about really ramping up and they're,
1: they're moving. It yeah. is. Production uh, here's, is moving over there.
0: When, when thinking about what's it going to look like moving forward, Randy Parker, CEO of Hyundai North America or Hyundai Motor America, says the competition is going to be arguably very heated in 2024. Everyone is going to have inventory. Everybody's going back to marketing and advertising and sales promoting, merchandising, putting incentives on the marketplace. It's going to be monthly hand to hand in combat versus our key competitors.
1: Absolutely. There is uh, like, I wrote a post about like margin compression and the changing consumer experience. And there's going to be a change in the way that that brands go to market Um, all except for Subaru. They're going to keep doing their thing. Um, Everybody else is going to be like, what are we going to do to drive? And I saw a Subaru commercial this morning on my run. I was like, these guys, they are just (laughs) so good. So good at what they it's unbelievable. Like. Yeah, Nobody are. needs an incentive on that thing. I'm almost crying while I'm running watching a Subaru. Never commercial. owned a Subaru in your life. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Um Yeah. So, you know, there's there Sounds uh, like we're
0: back to the car business.
1: Back to the car business. Like that, it, I mean,
0: gosh, Kyle, how many 20, times have we had this 29. conversation with clients and dealers like
1: everybody's talking
0: about at, at NADA last year, everybody was saying we got to get back to the basics, right? Like that was the, the constant theme we heard over and over and over. But it's funny how it actually took a year for it to be like full reality.
1: For the reality to hit. Like I wonder if everybody after got actually got after what they were talking about. At no, like, no, like that's the no. gut check on did you do it? Did you get after it so that you're ready for Well,
0: we can year? look at the list of the top sellers and we know who did and who there didn't. Go. Oh. <laughs> oh, hey, dealers, dealers understand. The good dealers really understand. Speaking of great dealers. Stop. Segue. This, this this warms our hearts so much. Stories like this. EV yes. startup Fisker has decided to ditch direct-to-consumer model and jump on the dealership train in a significant strategy shift, uh, driven by what they will say high costs and uh, logistical challenges. Fisker produced ten thousand one hundred Ocean SUVs in twenty twenty three, but only could deliver less than half. Wow. Citing difficulties in logistics. And lack of physical stores. So Fisker has two showrooms, one in LA, one in New York. But those showrooms can't even execute test drives or sell a thing. Just like you know the Tesla <laughs> stores can. It's more like a boutique. Like if it sounded really fancy, all the you know the pinkies up. We're just gonna oh, have they're real experience nice. If you centered, haven't seen a picture. It's, awesome. it,
1: it's a full on experience. They
0: really are awesome. Yeah. Um, and so CEO Heimer Fisker says. Some people don't want to drive three hours or fly to another state to see a vehicle. In the that, man had a that. revelation. Um, no they, they do plan to launch main street vehicles, uh, upcoming with like the $30,000 pair and, uh, an electric pick, which is a small electric pickup in Alaska. So basically here's the deal. Uh, then fast. Now we know adopted a dealer network, opening their first store in North Carolina with 50 more coming, uh, Real soon.
1: Polestar side note, that dealer group is getting bought by Holman. Holman. I don't know if you know. saw that yesterday. I
0: did. Yeah. I did. Um, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. We didn't have any chance to talk before we got on the show. Unbelievable. I know, yeah. I know. So basically, Polestar started out that way, right? Good friend Polestar dealer, Matthew Haken, right? Crushing it. Why? Because he's a dealer. And it's the dealer network. So basically, um, the company is looking to sign up 50 US dealers this year, recognizing the efficiency, the inventory, cost savings, um, and the ability to reach more customers. And uh, Heinrich Fisker did say again, this is where we think we have to go as a company if we want to be a high volume company. You don't say, you don't say. say. You
1: know, I bet you if you put a VinFast table with a tablecloth over it, and a Fisker table with a tablecloth over it out to uh, out there uh in, in like the hallway at NADA, there'd be lines Absolutely. lines out the door on those things without a doubt,
0: yeah. without a doubt. And, and like, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how the dominoes start to fall on this. I think it is um, an indicator also to some of the major OEMs that like, they, they know this truth already. Right. And they've been like toying around agency model and all this. Right. But they understand that dealers figure out very hard to solve problems at point of sale. You know
1: what We haven't gone through is Steve Greenfield's. I'm going to give you like, we'll go through. Yeah. It at some point Cause he Ray put on. like
0: goodbye. The, you he know, said the, bye the, to the
1: agency model because now prediction. you see all these o- new OEMs going, Oh no, 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 We need the dealers. And now the legacy OEMs are going to look at that and be like, you know, we love these guys all along. We were just, <laughs> we,
0: <laughs> they are. Hey, that's the cool thing about business, right? It's like a really great equalizer. Like you can be yep. like, unless you're kind of like one of those people that has like really deep personal views. like if like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos or Larry Page and you right. right. Unless you have that um, business, people are typically like, Hey, we had this great idea. We were supposed to be excited about it. We were, we thought it was the best way we learned that it wasn't. And now let's figure out what we can do progressively together. One of the reasons we love yeah. this industry, right? It's people of all different areas of all different starting points, figuring out what we can do great together. So, Hey, all of a sudden, that changes my perception of the Fisker brand. Like wild, wild, through and well, speaking,
1: through. Speaking, speaking of what, figuring out what we can do together. Stop. Segue. Time. I love this story. So Costco's leadership is taking a self-critical stance on a recent vote, uh, which led to the unionization of one of their Virginia warehouses, seeing it as uh, not a detractor, but a wake up call to their own management style and not a knock on their team, which a lot of other companies like Amazon have had an adversarial response to Unionization. Uh, the unionization of the Costco Warehouse House is in Norfolk with uh, Teamsters as the union. Um, and for, current and former CEOs, Ron, Ron Vacris and Craig Jelenic, I'm going to go with that. Yeah, we'll, take uh, that. Uh, we'll see, see as a managerial failure. Uh, in a letter that was emailed to the employees and posted in break rooms, I love the this. CEOs part. Wrote,
0: they were like, let's just email it and post it. Let's everywhere. just put
1: it everywhere. We are not disappointed in our employees. We're disappointed in ourselves as managers and leaders. Can we have some more accountable leadership? Can I get that? Let's go. Uh, So there's already about 18,000 Costco employees representing 5% of the workforce unionized um, with Teamsters represented them. Business Insider article featuring uh, California manager said, I agreed with that letter wholeheartedly because it means that over 50% of those employees felt like they couldn't go to management with issues or they went to management and Ooh. couldn't get their issues resolved in a way they deemed fit. He continued, it was disheartening for that location to, be, to, be, uh, to vote to be in a union, but at the same time, it's good time for us to reflect and be like, maybe we really need to retrain management.
0: So when, ding, 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 when this article came up, I thought of one person right away. I was like, if Ed Roberts was the CEO of Costco, this is exactly how he would respond. Written the
1: same exact later, Right, because
0: later. that's good leadership that, first of all, when there's an issue, they don't say, who can I blame for the issue? They say, what have I done wrong to allow this to exist in my organization. And Costco, obviously, you see the business outcome that is the result from this type of leadership, which is why one of the the reasons we focus so much on the human element and the things that are, we say, more than cars in the auto industry, because we know that when you focus on these things and these mindsets, the business outcomes follow. Yeah, we pay attention to the insights and the stats and the releases and the data and the technology and the progressive nature. But at the core of it, the simple things are what make the massive impact on the other side. So, uh, you know, you and I are big Costco fans to begin with, and um, this just deepens it. It's like, wow, you can be a massive company and still exhibit high level empathetic, responsible, empathy, accountable, compassion, leadership.
1: understanding about, and self reflection about who you actually are as a leadership and management team. Kudos to them, and I bet you they're going to get it right in the way that they interact with the union as well. They sure I think. I think you're right as well. Well, listen, we hope this helped you self-reflect.
0: You're about to go out there into the automotive world, talk to consumers, talk to your coworkers, self-reflect. How can I give more than I take? And I guarantee you the day will be better.